Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You may have heard the reports about long lines in airports, extended wait times to get off your plane once you arrive at a destination. I'm Gabe Friedman, and this week on Down to Business, I look at the business of flying and what's happening at airports. We've come a long way since the beginning of the pandemic when airlines were cutting flights and airports were essentially deserted. Or have we? Amid reports that some airlines in Canada could cut flights to help alleviate the current messy situation at airports, I lined up an array of guests to diagnose what's going on in the sector. If people are keen to resume air travel, my guests all explained that airports and airlines are grappling with shortages of specialized labor and still dealing with lingering effects from the pandemic. So it might be wise to expect longer waits in the airplane and to arrive early for your flight. As always, the interviews are edited for clarity and brevity. My first guest, I spoke to Mike McNaney, Chief External Affairs Officer at YVR, the Vancouver Airport Authority. And my first question was what the inside of his airport looks like these days, if it's a madhouse all the time. It varies. So certainly you think of those images that you saw, I guess about a month ago, three or four weeks ago, where you saw the lines working their way all the way through the terminal. Very rarely now are we seeing that level of delay, but you are still seeing delays that go far beyond the 85-15 metric. That 85-15 metric, it's airport talk, obviously, I'd never heard that before, but McNaney said the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority, or CATSA, which does security screening, aims to move 85% of the people through security in 15 minutes, but they're not there yet. McNaney said there are delays sometimes. and. When that happens, you're hoping to be able to actually predict and have a, have a clear rhyme or reason as to when things may swing one way or the other. It's not particularly clear uh, when, that, when that is going to happen. So that, again, keeps us still back to the, the two hours and the three hours uh, to passengers. By the way, that was his advice just now in terms of how much extra time to allow if you're traveling. He said, arrive three hours early for international flights and two hours early for domestic flights. Well, here's another picture of the inside of an airport from Wesley Lasaski, president of the Canadian Union of Public Employees Airline Division, which represents about 15,000 flight attendants. He has a bird's eye view of things happening at airports across the country and at different airlines. And I asked what it's been like inside airports. Our members have been telling us continually, you know, the airports are quiet. The airports are still, there's nobody there. And then pretty much overnight, all of a sudden now it's incredibly busy. Flights are full or oversold. Airports are running dry on staff. So there's long waits at kiosks and at custom security. So he said there's still long waits, both when you catch your departing flight, but even more so when you arrive. Yeah, right now, uh, definitely been challenging with waits on both ends. So for passengers leaving uh, airports and then passengers coming into airports. I think that the biggest pain point that we see is inbound to Toronto. So Toronto Pearson 
and flights coming in that need to go through customs. So that would be any flight from overseas or transporter flights from the United States. And we're seeing long delays on a lot of flights. I would say most flights have a delay inbound due to what they call metering. So that's prior to going through customs, they limit the amount of passengers off a plane. That's where we're seeing kind of the, the biggest issue, though, is definitely inbound into Toronto. There's issues, like I said, with the metering that creates kind of like that disgruntled feel because you're ready to start your vacation in Toronto or you're ready to be home in Toronto and now you're stuck waiting. So there's that frustration, that angst there. In the airports, they're definitely bustling and things are moving. So, I mean, it's it's a good thing to see it coming back and coming back so quickly. It's, a, it's actually a wonderful thing, but it just has a lot of kinks that need to be smoothed out for sure. So expect that you could end up waiting in your plane after you get to your destination. He estimated 30 minutes to an hour is a normal time, but said in rare cases, it can be longer. And I asked the Greater Toronto Airport Authority for an interview because Pearson Airport in particular came up several times, but they declined and they pointed to a press release from earlier this month that talked about a lot of things, a lack of investment and other issues for airports. I was a little frustrated because no one could explain exactly what was driving the delays until I reached Barry Rempel, who just retired as chief executive officer of Winnipeg Airports Authority this past fall. And he spent decades in the sector and broke down a little about what was happening. You know, there are things people don't think about. So one of the problems that I suspect they're facing in Toronto right now, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people found alternate employment. If you were a security guard, that got laid off at Katza during the pandemic, chances are pretty good. You can't afford to not be employed. So you look for something. I can give you a real life example of a fellow that used to work at the Winnipeg airport who ended up being a guard at the Manitoba legislature. He's not coming back, but guess what? He had security clearance to operate at the airport. Uh, Historically, it's taken, you know, upwards of six months for Transport Canada to approve new security clearances for people working at airports. So just because you snap your fingers and say, oops, we have a whole bunch of people coming, all those people that were unemployed are gainfully employed, just not necessarily coming back. And to get security clearances for somebody else who might be interested means they're not working tomorrow. You know, I can hire you today, but you're not getting a security clearance tomorrow. It's an interesting insight into the labor shortage in Canada. Rempel said that airlines have also had a tough couple years and they're focused on filling flights through what he called a hub-and-spoke model. In it, big city airports, Toronto, Vancouver, they're the hubs, and then regional airports are the spokes, and the spokes basically feed passengers into the flights that depart from hubs. The fastest way back to a break-even for the carriers is to focus on a hub-and-spoke model. So all flights into their hubs, and then they fan out behind the hub, the case of Winnipeg, we used to have a lot of flights going nonstop from Winnipeg to Toronto, Winnipeg to Vancouver, Winnipeg to Montreal, Winnipeg to Ottawa, Winnipeg to Halifax. Now everything goes basically to Toronto in order to go to Ottawa, Montreal, or Halifax. It's, it's really a, a shifting dynamic as carriers attempt to do what they need to do to get back to profitability. So they focus typically on their hubs and to put as large an aircraft many times as possible between those hubs and then to feed into those hubs. It's a time-proven, very effective way for carriers, traditional carriers, to uh, get back into the market. What that's meant is, is, well, there may be more aircraft flying between Winnipeg and Vancouver today than there were 
previous to the pandemic, and in fact, they're larger aircraft, it's put additional pressures on airports at the hubs at particular peak times. In places like Winnipeg, it means that flights all depart at specific times in order to meet those hubs, whether it's Air Canada or WestJet. So all this means that there's not as many direct flights from one regional airport like Winnipeg to another regional airport, but this is creating new reasons for low-cost carriers, uh, Rempel mentioned Flair Airlines in particular, to get into the market, and that ultimately we will return to normal. Uh, I believe firmly that it will revert to normal. It will revert to a different normal because what we're seeing now are low-cost carriers entering into the marketplace, and they're now doing the hub busting. So, for example, Flair will operate you know, a, a flight direct to Ottawa, as they are today, and bypassing the Toronto hub. And that will eventually put pressure on the traditional carriers to start providing those competitive services. As the carriers have had to retrench and focus on their hubs, the opportunities for the low-cost carriers have increased exponentially. That, in turn, when the traffic levels are back to sort of 2019 level, will put pressure on the the, carrier, the traditional carriers, the WestJets, the Air Canada's full-service carriers, to provide competitive services to those same destinations. The problems that we're seeing today have no one solution. The problems we're seeing today are being worked on by some really good people in the industry, but it's not going to be solved tomorrow morning. Now we're going to pause a minute for a short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So just once again, finding and hiring new staff, specialized security, cleared staff, managing the number of people inside the airport at any one time because of COVID and the spread of the virus, waiting for the air travel market to sort itself out. All these issues are going to play out over months, maybe years. Now, this is pivoting slightly, but I spoke to Barry back in 2020. And at that time, nobody understood COVID-19. There were people walking around some airports in suits, spraying disinfectant. And airports were these vast, cavernous, just utterly desolate spaces. So if this made airports a little eerie to be in, it also looked like the golden opportunity to people like Rianne Berger, an aviation architect and senior principal at the engineering and design firm Stantec. He said it was the perfect moment to redesign and streamline airports so passengers can move through much more quickly and easier. And he was expecting big changes when he returned to the airport. Well, it was about two months ago, I guess. Uh, I traveled for the first time in, well, since the pandemic set in. And I was expecting it to be better, but it wasn't actually. It was the same at that stage. And uh, so I was surprised. I mean, maybe in the sort of incongruously surprised that uh, people hadn't used the opportunity to streamline things. You know, the, the reason for that is probably 
because you know airports didn't have money, uh, agencies didn't have money. It, it all dried up. They all went into the red and you know ran up you know vast amounts of debt. So I guess it is understandable in one way. He said changes are happening. There's a move to touchless travel based on facial recognition technology, which Berger said is already being used at some airports. Facial recognition, biometric data collection, this is a big story. It involves privacy concerns. It's a trade-off where people choose to give up some of their personal information in exchange for some convenience. It's the kind of thing that happens all the time on the internet with our email or with your search browser and data collected on you through various social media websites. We may dive into privacy on some future show, but for now, just know that this transition is underpinned by business incentives, which Berger explained to me. You know, maybe my first comment was a little bit unfair. I think uh, airports um, have been doing that uh, during the pandemic. They have been implementing more sort of touchless uh, processing, but it's it's the government agencies that always take longer, right? They're they're not as entrepreneurial as the sort of semi-private airport operators that, uh, you know, want to get ahead and they want things, uh, you know, it's, it's in the airport, it's in the airport's interest to get people through and to the other side quickly because then they can, you know, then they can sell you stuff. Flying is, is you know, for the airports has become competitive. So they, they can't milk the airlines. They make most of their revenue out of other things other than flying nowadays. It's either parking or retail or, you know, food and beverage sales, that kind of thing. The more time you have on the other side, on the air side, the, the, the more opportunity you have and the more relaxed you are, quite frankly. And uh, then, you know, if you're relaxed and you feel, oh, okay, look, I've got half an hour before my flight goes. Um, why don't I look around and, you know, maybe I can get something that I want. And, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a two-way street. It's, it's much more pleasant for the passenger. It's a better experience because, you know, you're more relaxed. You Now maybe you can actually even enjoy flying again. So think about that. One day you might actually enjoy flying. For now, airports are busy, waits are a little longer. I hear there's a lot of frustrated people. The Greater Toronto Airport Authority, in its statement earlier this month, put it this way. While we may be open, we are far from recovered. So whether you're traveling for work or for pleasure, expect a few glitches along the way and give yourself plenty of time. That's it for this week's show. Thanks to my guests, Mike McNanny, VP and Chief External Affairs Officer for YVR Airport in Vancouver, Wesley Lasaski, President of the Canadian Union of Public Employees Airline Division, who's based in Vancouver, Barry Rempel, the former chief executive of the Winnipeg Airports Authority until retiring in late 2021, and Rianne Berger, a senior principal at Stantec in Toronto. Thanks so much for listening and supporting Down to Business by sharing episodes and rating us. You were listening to original music composed and performed by Bryce Hall, who executive produced this show. Pamela Heaven, Victoria Wells, and Noella Ovid provided web support and editing. I'm Gabe Friedman, and I'll be back next week. But until then, you can find all your business news at financialpost.com.